I'm about to feed them to the sharks right now. Get them hype right now. Yeah. You know the ground is our. Yeah. Everybody that trains, you know the game. Yeah. So let's get it. Uh. Slap it up, bump it, and roll. Hey. Yeah, that's the way that it go. Ain't no better way to better yourself in this game. You're feeling the growth. That's it's time on the mat. We put in the work. Believe it ain't easy, I know. You know. But we train for the love of the game, the love of the art. Now slap it up, bump it, let's roll. Let's roll. Welcome to this episode of the BJJ Campaign Podcast. My name is Jeff Boone. I'm an A3 Purple Belt, one stripe. Phil Coors, A2 Purple Belt, one stripe. Mark Elton, A3 Purple Belt, two stripes. And Mark is here with us today. He's one of our training partners and an NFT expert. So we're going to talk to him a little bit about Gordon Ryan's new NFT and get his take on what the value of that is. Mark? I'm sure it's worth a fortune. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> so let's just get into it uh we were joking about mark being an nft expert it's a non-fungible token for those of you out here there had your uh, head in the sand for a while and it is the the new it's Scam. not that new <laughs> investment uh, opportunity tell tell us phil how much scott has made on nfts a lot did I tell you how many when he was going through his taxes how many transactions he had to go through <laughs> no I forget. I believe it was like fourteen hundred, just wow. in like crypto buying selling. <laughs> That's why did he have to go through them? If you don't, if you don't, um, if you keep it in crypto, you shouldn't have to claim anything on taxes. Yeah, he uses some app or whatever, some crypto tax app or whatever, and he bought and sold a bunch of stuff. Oh, so he took the gains on or losses or whatever yeah i don't know if they went in his bank account or like exactly how it went but 1400 i think as long as it doesn't hit your bank account you don't have to pay it that's what i'm going with (laughs) anyway so if it's not real money does it go in your real bank account like i don't really understand it can be real money but what is real money money's i don't know apparently i really don't or what people would call fiat currency i feel like we should start another podcast on this we should and no. educate them on well you know, if we had an education on it we're but so smarter with it it's all just a game to me <laughs> uh so so the nfts if if you haven't pay, been paying attention are digital art and some of them are built on different things most of them are built on the blockchain they have different features functionalities and the significance of gordon ryan's nft is you get all of his past and future instructionals with the purchase of that nft okay and his nft is going for what phil you said one ethereum and how much is one ethereum right now at this time you say 3100 2998 dollars and 17 cents is what it is what did i buy ethereum at fourteen hundred dollars okay wow <laughs> So, I really understand. So, it's a bargain if you think about it, because what are his previous instructionals worth? It depends when the sale is. Okay, let's just say you got it for forty four percent off because everybody gets instructionals on BJJ Fanatics for forty four percent off. Mm-hmm. Let's just say that. Then what do you think that his previous ones will be worth? What does he got eight, eight out, and they're all. 
Seven thousand dollars. You see him just making up numbers. He's a, he's a numbers guy for sure. I think it's a. I think it's a. I think he's got around eight instructionals out. All right. And You're not so gonna debate that, Phil. Hmm? You're not going to debate that. I can't. I don't know. It sounds good. <clears throat> sounds good. I totally made it up. Um, <laughs> but but you think about it. They're what two hundred bucks each. So you get them for one hundred twenty dollars each. Mm-hmm. Generally, right. So right there alone is almost a thousand dollars in in instructionals, and he's going to have at least ten more instructionals in his in his career. Yeah, or he never makes another one and just retires off this. Off the <laughs> NFT money, yeah. collects his money. Yeah. <laughs> if Ethereum keeps going up, maybe you never know. Yeah, I feel like it's a bargain. I feel like I'm going to do it. I feel like you're going to do it too. I yeah, feel like you're going to do it regardless if it's yes. a bargain. Just so you can say that you've done it. I'm just justifying it for myself. Yeah, That's yeah, all I'm doing. Big Gordon Ryan fan out of there. So so you're just going to do it anyway. Yeah. <laughs> I wonder if he'll give me like uh Probably not. No. 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 Maybe. You never know. He's only doing 100 of them. Oh. So that's 300 grand he's generating off of it. Nice. If he sells 100. What do you mean If. I'm going to buy 50 of them. I was going to say, just going to buy more than one, probably. <laughs> just kidding. I'm not. I'm buying one. Um, so, uh, let's see. What else, Gordon Ryan? Oh, he's now, I don't know if I said this last time, but he's now sponsored. You did. I did, by Joe Rogan. Mm-hmm. And so uh, does, so did. Really? Yeah. I didn't know that. Okay. Yeah. And so I listened last week, but I don't remember that. I don't think you went knowledge. into it much. Yeah, I don't yeah. think so. Yeah, so Joe Rogan sponsored both the ADCC and Gordon Ryan. I think because you talked about how you weren't going anymore. Oh, yeah. So anybody who wants ADCC tickets, boom, hit me up. Because my nephew was very selfish and decided to get married on that weekend. Mm. Mm. Rude. Yeah. Like, when are you ever going to see Gordon Ryan compete again? You're not. Thank you. Know? you. And it's against Andre Govan. And he's going to oh. get married at least three more times. Well, there'll oh. be pictures from the wedding. <laughs> You'll what see pictures listen? of the wedding, so you can probably Thank you, Mark. That. Thank yeah. you. Somebody finally understands. Then, with your Gordon Ryan NFT token, when the instructional comes out where he breaks down his ADCC matches, you would be in the background yep. of oh. your own NFT purchased wow. instructional, therefore making your own purchase more valuable. Yep. But only to me. Mm. Isn't that really all World that famous podcast. <laughs> <laughs> that is all that matters, Mark. Yeah. <laughs> all right, enough about Gordon Ryan. We we, well, okay. It's one more. Th- no, I'm just kidding. Nothing else. Uh, so, Mark, you're joining us. Mark and I had the privilege of being uh, promoted to blue belt together. That was a couple of years ago. It was more than that. Exactly. I think like, it was two, three, four, I don't know. Four years know. ago, maybe. Four years, yeah, probably. I think four years ago. Yeah. It was four years ago, uh, about that time. And then we both, we both got our, we all three got our stripes together on the uh, Purple Bell. Mm-hmm. Uh, we got a second one. Oh, that's right. You, you got, got a second one. Ago. Yeah, you got a second one. So, um, so, needless to say, we've all been training together quite a while. Mark, tell the audience how you got interested in jujitsu? What was your story? Why did you, why did you start and why do you continue? It was my son. Uh, we moved to Denver and my oldest had long hair and we did not grow up in Denver and I was afraid he was going to get picked on. And he did. Um, we put him into the Academy. I watched for about a year. 
Uh, I had an incident where he got bullied in school and hit tossed the kid, put him in an arm bar and held the kid until the teacher broke it up. And when the principal called me to come and, and deal with the situation, uh, obviously I was proud and I thought, well, this is something that I can maybe do with my son. You know, I'm, as I get older, I, I'm not really into baseball with my oldest. I, I grew up playing soccer, but the older I get, I, I don't want to go kick the soccer ball all the time, but I thought it'd be really cool if I could watch my kids train and someday be on the mat and they could be choking me and I could choke them. And it just seemed like a really good connection. So I started it and, um, I think I'm more in love with it than both of my kids. But, uh, yeah, I mean, that was kind of the, the genesis of it all was Brody. That's, that's very cool. Do you ever, do you ever regret not starting right when he did? Of course. Yeah. I regret not starting this a long time ago. You know, I wanted to train martial arts my whole life, but I never did. And, uh, now I can't believe that there was ever a time that it wasn't a part. So what kept you from it? Just family obligations? Uh, I think a big part of it was just being chicken shit to get out there and, and embarrass myself and get beat up. And you realize, you know, my first day of class, Katie put me to sleep. And, you know, I, I realized if you come into this with a lot of pride, you're just, you're not going to last. You just have to humble yourself and get you know, beat to death all the time. And that's what keeps you coming back. And I think for a long time, I was afraid to put myself out there. You don't want to look foolish. And then <laughs> once you start, you spend all of your time looking foolish. So I've never heard that story. So your first class, Katie, yeah. Katie, uh, four strike blue belt and Matt bully, um, put <laughs> just kidding. She's not. Yeah. Uh, my put first day class, she was my training partner and, I'd never done anything like it. We were doing punch block defense and a couple other things. And then we get into sparring and I didn't know anybody. So she was like, spar with me. And, um, it happened to be kind of coinciding with a striking opportunity. And I threw a punch. She blocked it. She took me down. She got in the mount. She cross me to sleep. <laughs> uh, I woke up a few seconds later where they were smacking me in the face saying, you got a tap dude. <laughs> That was the first experience of jujitsu, and you know I weigh Katie by sixty pounds, and this little girl put me on my back and put me out. So I realized I think I need to learn this. This is crazy. So did you not know to tap or just I, it happened so? Far. I didn't know what I was doing. It was my first day of class. <laughs> I know. That's I what know. I mean. I mean, I get it. I get it. But that is hilarious. She put me out, man. That is funny. That is the first time. I will say that last time I sparred with Katie, I tapped for that. (laughs) (laughs) She's still tough. (laughs) That's hilarious. I've never heard that story before. I've heard that one. It's a good one though. Yeah. Um, So, so Mark, what, what makes you keep coming in? I mean, what, you know, I, I know for all of us, it's, we have fun. It's, you know, for me, it's a lot of the camaraderie, um, you know, just, not knowing what you don't know and developing yourself in a way that you never thought you could. But, but what is it for you that keeps you coming in and and how do you, how do you keep it fun? How do you keep jujitsu fun? Uh, yeah, I mean, all those things keep me coming back. I think right now, you know, I've I've said for the last year in purple belt, I'm enjoying playing jujitsu. Um, don't really care about this submission anymore. I like getting into opportunities that, I have not gotten into before, like putting myself in bad spots. I'm finding entrances into hundreds of things. I'm finishing about 0% of all of them. But the 
the fun that I'm having, just the creativity that goes into it, um, is what I enjoy the most right now. Just that pursuit of I'm chasing this, I'm chasing that. I see how to get to it, but I don't know how to finish it because I've not been here before, but I can get back here. Now I'm starting to find ways that I'm, I'm leading people into positions that I want to be in. I don't know how to finish all of them. Sometimes I do, but just the fun of it, it just seems to, it, it seems that, that it's gotten, even though I'm six years in, it seems like it has grown. Like there's, I see more than I ever did. And it's just crazy that at a, at a white belt, you see very little. And at this point you would think you would see less, but I see so many more things. It's just really cool. Yeah, no, I agree. Phil, what about for you? I think you've been, I think it started like right as you were getting ready to test for the purple belt. But like, I think you started training a lot more like later. Like I felt like you were, like two, three days a week before. Mm -hmm. And then like right as you were getting ready to do the blue belt, like you just turned it up and now it's like five to six, it seems like every week. Yeah, I spend a lot of time in the academy. Mm -hmm. But I, you know, it, it's a it's a good alternative. You know, the alternative for a long time was go have a beer after work or go do something else. And, you know, this is more constructive way to spend my time. Um, and, you know, you know, I, I get a kick out of, you know, when I walk in and, and you walk in or Jeff walks in, I'm like, hey, well, yeah, that's a, mm -hmm. a good night of, of training. So, um, you know, your weaknesses are my strengths and vice versa. And sometimes my strengths are your strengths. And, you know, you, I've said it a long time. You're one of my favorite people to roll with because you know everything I'm going to do. Mm -hmm. And I know everything you're going to do. And so if I get to something that I wanted, it was really clean because you were doing your best to not let that happen. I know if I let you get to my back, it's curtains. So it just, the fun of showing up and who's going to walk through the door, who, who's somebody that I get to, to train with tonight that, um, you know, those things I just, I really, really appreciate and enjoy. Yeah. And, and for the audience, Mark, uh, Mark and Phil both do a lot of work with the kids classes and help teach those. And I, I think that that's, you know, I think that that helps a lot with everything and, and keeps you interested and keeps it simple. Right. Absolutely. And those kids look up to you and, um, yeah, watching those kids evolve into beasts is really cool too. Mm -hmm. It sure is. Sure is. And the self-confidence that they have with it. <coughs> what was the question you asked me? What you're doing to make sure that training stays fun. I only do the fun stuff. <laughs> like what? It's and true. rolls. That's my focus. He always, all, he always yeah. says De La Hiva like a like a Spanish restaurant. De La Hiva. <laughs> uh, I lied. My, the what keeps it fun is the everlasting pursuit of Rizlocks. That's what keeps it fun. <laughs> yeah, that's good. Just the fun stuff. Yeah. 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 I mean, yeah, but you do train the fun stuff, but you also had a lot of focus on the fundamental stuff too. That is the fun stuff. What were you thinking of? Exactly the same. Yeah, all, right, all right. What Just keeps checking. you coming, Jeff? What What makes you want to continue to train? Um, a lot of things, but you know, the one thing is, you know, I keep those fat pictures of me just to show, you know, that's where I came from. And this is where right now where I am is where I want to be, you know, to, to keep that, in the front of my mind and it's jujitsu's taught me so much about life about 
business, about relationships, about friendships. And, you know, I just can't, I can't imagine it not being in my life. And, you know, I think everyone who does jujitsu thinks about it to a, a certain extent, but it dominates my thoughts. Like I'm always, you know, whatever I'm doing, if I'm daydreaming anything, you know, it's like, it used to be, I would daydream about cars or something, you know, and I still love cars. I mean, I'm interested in that stuff, but, and I still follow the market and everything on that. But now if I'm daydreaming, it's like, Oh, okay. I got here. What entry do I need to go to get to here? And so just that ever that, that chess game with, with your body to, to, to really, um, impose your will on someone else. I think that that's very interesting. And also, you know, a lot of the fun that I'm having now is really like you said, Mark, getting deep in defensive situations with people who are, could be real trouble. And yeah, they tap me. I'm, mm. I'm good with that. I, I like I'm it, but, it. Don't care anymore. but, but if you don't get yourself in those situations, then you're, you're never, you're never going to be good when somebody who's really good gets you in that situation and you haven't practiced that late arm bar defense, you know, a hitchhiker escape or anything like that. Not that it's ever going to work on them, but it might, but you know, just, just the principles of whenever you're there really, um, refining that technique and Hey, all right, I need to break the grip earlier. or I need to create a little bit more space so that I can, actually make the turn faster whenever they that I do break the grip. So, you know, just that stuff just keeps me coming back, you know. So now I want to move on to a topic that um cauliflower do you guys follow cauliflower ear family? Mm-hmm. Yeah. They got some good stuff, but um I can't remember her name. Um I don't know nice. I, I don't know. I don't know his name either, but uh but she posted on Facebook, you know, uh, I thought a really good thread and it was, um, what do you think about women's only open mats? And I'll give my take on it. Uh, because you know, a lot of people are like women's only, you know, uh, you know, there's no men's only. Well, I don't care. Men, most men aren't coming to train because they've had a situation where they've needed jujitsu. Well, maybe not most um, they haven't had a situation where they were physically dominated and felt for their own safety that they needed to come train jujitsu. And so for that reason, for, you know, uh, uh, there's a lot of women that train jujitsu that way and have been traumatized in that way. So, you know, I, I think, um, I, I a hundred percent support a women's only open mat, obviously not from, a sense of being there, but from a sense of if, if that, if that builds a stronger team for the women that whenever other women come in, have the same issues that they're able to talk to them and they're able to get them in, then I, I'm all for it. I think that that's, that's something that, that, uh, is very beneficial. I know, I know AJ and them, they have women's training all the time, uh, uh, at, uh, Indiana Brazilian Jiu Jitsu too, and so yeah, I'm I'm all for it. What's your thoughts, Phil? 
Yeah, obviously. Seems like a good idea. I don't know. Like, is there people who don't think it's a good idea? Yeah, I mean, there's always that asshole who's like, well, there's no men's only training. I'm like, so well, it's mostly men anyway. You just make one then. Make your own. I like it because I'm, I'm, you know, I've been lobbying to get my uh, under 170 open mat going. <laughs> Same thing. You know? It's like, you I don't, I don't want, I don't want, <laughs> Jeff's not invited. You're too big. I'm not yeah, invited. I'm, not I'm excluded from that. Yeah, I'm I support that too. Yeah, man, of course. No, somebody did that though. I saw that once. I think it was the, uh, I feel like it was the Woodamante guy. Um, Christian Woodmonte, yeah. Uh, I think I saw him post it once where it was like a one one sixty and under like open mat for like competitors and stuff. Dude, you'd have to lose a couple pounds. Uh, now I am because I'm being jacked. <laughs> <laughs> Muscle weighs more than fat. That's why. That's why I bumped it up to one seventy now. I... <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I saw him do it once. That's the same idea. I mean, like I like rolling with all you guys, but sure. especially when you start out, like it can just suck to not be able to do anything. You know. Like, big people cannot be able to do any jujitsu, but still, like, do stuff just because they can shove somebody, you know? So, like, if it builds people up to, like, make them more confident and want to come back and try it again and, like, learn shit, then, yeah, why wouldn't... I don't understand why somebody would be against it. I like that. I think that's... I think it's super valuable. And, yeah, I mean... I mean and, and there were other... You know, there was another argument that, well, you know, your attacker is going to be bigger than you and stronger than sure, you. But so if you don't have any fun, you're not going to come back and it's never going to make uh, a difference. Exactly. Yeah, I think it's a double-edged sword. I, I think it's no different than, you know, avoiding the role with Manuel. You know, that you know that's a rite of passage. Or Leggett. At some point, you have to put yourself in a position where uh, you're, you're just kind of going to get beat. You know, and, and for the women, I, I, I agree wholeheartedly. And I've helped with some of the women's self-defense classes and – some of those women you grab and you can feel the PTSD when they recoil. Um, and, and I agree. I, I want them to train and, and continue to come back. But at some point, you know, it, it probably does suit them. Well, I would imagine to get on the mat with, you know, maybe some upper belts that are not necessarily going to smother them and, and murder them, but um, give them a real feel of what, you know, I, I'm, I'm 190 pounds. Uh, you know, this is what, maybe an attacker really feels like. So I think it's good to, to give a, an opportunity at both. Just like, you know, I, I don't want to roll with Manuel, but if he wants to roll, I'll, I'll take my medicine and it is what it is. Um, because sometimes I think you need that. Mm-hmm. Agreed. Yeah, both are important, which is yes. why they should have them. It's only open mats. But like, if that's the only thing you're doing, that's, I don't think you're getting a real good. look. Yeah. You're, if well, yeah. And I don't think, I don't There's think anybody's me there. Yeah. Oh, there you go, Jocko. Uh, uh, yeah, I mean, and I don't, you know, they're not saying w- women's only classes all the time. They're just, you know, women's open mat. I mean, I, that's I it's awesome. Yeah, it's Absolutely. not like every class. So, yeah. so yeah, I, I totally agree with that. What else, Philly? What What do you want to talk about, Phil? This is Mark's show. Oh, Mark. My show, I'm a yeah, guest. Yeah, yeah, Let's yeah. go. I'm still, well, I'm, you I'm guys awestruck. are both on the the wrist locks. So you, you've been doing wrist locks for a little while, and now Mark's, you know, entering the world. I'm trying to keep up. I love them. Because I feel left behind. The only reason I do wrist locks is because Avery is so flexible in all of her other joints, <laughs> yep. and her wrists are I not flexible. So, bam. Yep. She taps, actually, to those. So I'm doing them because, and, and let's be honest, 99% of my wrist locks are bullshit. It is a... A hope that you let go of me so I can move <laughs> forward. 
And then sometimes I catch them, but I'm looking for them in every single role. But, and I'm catching them now. I'm starting to hit a, a lot more than I was, but most of them were a bluff. But, Mark, you remember it. This was really made an impact and why I really focused on wrist locks there for a good while. And shout out to uh, another BJJ Fanatics instructional person, uh, Pete the Greek Letzos. He's got a, a really good um, wrist lock DVD out there or instructional out there, but he also has 14 minutes of wrist locks on I've YouTube. Seen it, yeah. with I've seen it, yeah. And that's, I don't care what you say. You're, I don't care if you don't like wrist locks. It is hilarious yes. because every time Bernardo taps, he goes, hi. <laughs> I was talking to somebody the other day and I won't publicly shame them, but they referred to him and Bernardo, they referred to him as the other guy. I was like, do you not know who that is? Oh man. What? <laughs> I love his, his passion and just love affair with everybody that comes on is so incredibly awesome. I, I love watching him. He's, yeah. a, he's excellent. By the way, two-time world champion he's in jiu-jitsu. Like, <laughs> yeah, like, he comes across like he doesn't know anything. Yeah, like, I know. People are showing but stuff. that's why he's so endearing because he's not stealing the scene. Whoever he's got on, he's legitimately giving all the opportunity for it. Yeah, he's incredible. I love watching this stuff. No. And I've noticed that anytime I like a post on the wrist lockers on Instagram, I see Jeff Boone's like that too. <laughs> <laughs> you know that. But what, what really impacted me and why I really started training wrist locks and learning them was Will when we were yeah, training yeah. with Will and Will, you know, he would, he would do it and he would do bullshit ones and he would say, Hey, this is bullshit, yeah. but it's only bullshit but it stops you from moving yes. forward with whatever grips that you want to make. And I get to make my grips. Yes. Then. It's, it's a big part of judo. Cause I I've been, I've been in judo for six years now too. And, and so much of the wrist lock is to simply break the grip because if you're gripping me, then you can throw me. If you're not gripping me and I've got a hold of you, good luck. And so the wrist lock is a way to get your grips off of me so I can get the throw. And so that's where it started coming for me is, is finding ways to break them standing that translates to being on the ground. And and now it's kind of a mean spirited, you know, I see the chance. I'm, I'm, I'm going to take it. I don't care if you're a white belt. I, if I see a chance to white belt, a, uh, to wrist like a white belt, tap. Yeah. Why not? <laughs> why not? And they are, they really are everywhere. They are everywhere. Jeff. Everywhere. It's, you know, guard any, it, I mean, half the time, whenever I'm in an arm bar position, I'll finish it with that wrist lock because you don't have to do anything one. else. Triangle, I suck at a triangle. I'm a wrist lock dude in a triangle because <laughs> you're going to stack me. Will Fredo is a genius. <laughs> Some would say that's an asshole move. I say it's okay. <laughs> well, so how did you get into the ankles? Because, you know, you like to play them some too. And I don't, I really don't know anything about the ankle locks or the knee bars. I wish I did, but because of bad knees, you know, the moment you even threaten a knee bar, I'm tapping because I don't really understand it. Mm -hmm. Well, it, it all came from starting, um, and getting the, the Don her and the Gordon Ryan instructionals is, is they were, they were, they were so dominant. I mean, whenever they burst on the scene back in 2018, uh, I think that's whenever Gary Tonin, Eddie Cummings, uh, Gordon Ryan, all three, Dan heard that squad, all three finished and, and beat everyone in those Eddie Bravo invitationals with, with purely doing leg locks, heel hooks, you know, whatever, and the entries into them. So it was like, 
It, wow. And then, you know, with the f- first time we went to origin camp with Dean Lister, who was also, you know, who, who, yeah, who, yeah. who Donner credits with, with really their exploration into the legs, you know, whenever we we did his and he told the funny story and if you guys want to hear that funny story refer back to our dean lester podcast because it was quite hilarious the one where y'all were drinking beers with him and whiskey yes okay. well i mean i was phil wasn't you know but but yeah we you know we kind of got after it on that one but uh but it, it just for me it was always um i don't know it was always it was always something that that just interested me because it's they're super effective and you know yeah some people are argue well you know in a street fight or self-defense situation legs leg knock leg locks are not great um yeah that's probably true but you know i i'm not yes i do all the self-defense stuff but i'm not really doing jujitsu for defending myself yeah yeah you know and uh so I just, it was just something that, that really interested me. And it was also something that in a relatively short amount of time I had limited success with, you know, because a lot of people don't, a lot of people don't train those and a lot of people don't understand, you know, how to defend them. And and so that, that was always fun to be able to get in those situations. And it's, it's even more fun whenever people do know, and you can, you know, you can just play legs you know me and sammy whenever i go over to headquarters and whenever we go there we'll we might spend 10 minutes out of our role just simply doing leg attacks and you know he might tap me 10 times i might tap him 10 times too but it's just that's just fun to me it's a it's a you know knowing how to defend and and knowing when to tap you know simply because in a lot of those situations is if you if you move the wrong way you know first off I'm comfortable training with Sammy because if I moved the wrong way and in, in defending, uh, he would just let it go. And that's what any good training partner would do. But, but, and, and I'm the same way, but it just, it, that's a lot of fun to get into those different positions because you learn like from those different positions, from those different positions, I started, uh, I started understanding, not that I, I can do it, but I started understanding the Barambolo a little bit better from just from getting in those positions and working that stuff with him because it's a little easier when you're further away and you're not as flexible and stuff with that situation. So that's that's why I love him. Phil, you? Since when have you not been flexible? You've been working on this. I'm not flex, Dude, I'm not, my back is terribly inflexible. You know that. You haven't fixed it yet? It, it's unfixable. I've been doing the the reverse hyper and everything for it. You yeah, have? yeah, it's big. Yeah, how often do you do it? Like twice a week. Yeah, twice a week. Go out there, you do it. I mean, it's good. I mean, it's better for sure. Don't get me wrong, but you know, I'm never going to be one of these guys who's going to be able to put their feet on the ground. You know, behind my back, I just can't do it. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I I've tried. I've worked on the wall and stuff, and it gets better. But it's just my my mid back is super tight and, and inflexible so but it's no big deal i mean i don't want to be there i don't want to be inverted that's not i don't i want this for longevity i don't want neck problems and that's what a lot of times inversion does mm-hmm. did you see that <laughs> although did you see that meme uh 
the I, I thought I sent this to you. The cat meme. It said. It said. Uh, it said purple belt for no reason. It shows this cat with his legs like inverted with the cat all the way, all the way back looking up. <laughs> I thought that was funny, but not appropriate for me. <laughs> Billy, what else? On the leg locks, I was just trying to figure them out because I suck at them. That was my whole thing. I'm terrible. You don't enjoy them. I mean, you love the Minari rolls. That's an entry. I do. That's, that's the only reason I'm. Yeah, yeah that made me want to. Well, everybody was talking about how Gary Tonin, like, lost. So that made me think, like, well, now I want to figure it out. You know, because, like, everybody piles on because people lose that way. <laughs> and then I'm like, well, Ryan Hall, Gary Tonin, yeah. Yeah. So, actually, did you hear all the Ryan Hall, Gordon Ryan stuff? Oh, yeah. yeah. yeah of course. Yeah. So, anyway. I don't know this. I, I need to hear this. So, well, I've stayed away from this st- subject because my good friend Trey Pace is a black belt under Ryan Hall. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> Best <laughs> no. friends. So, yeah. So, yeah. So, for everyone out there, Gary Tonin's last fight in one championship was for the championship. And Ton Lee is, I, I guess he's a student of Ryan Hall, I guess, or I training tra- partner. I read it as though they were training together. Training like together. Before this fight. Okay. That's how I understood that, it. That, that, that they may be on some sort of affiliation or something, though. Yeah. And, and you know, Ryan, Ryan Hall was talking shit about how Gary Tonin was being disrespectful and Gary Tonin, I mean, Gary Tonin's selling the fight. He's, he's funny as hell. He's, he's, I've never heard him be disrespectful to anybody unless they've disrespected him first. But, uh, but you know, he just said, you know, if it goes on the ground, I'm, you know, I'm going to submit him. If he, if he goes to where I'm best at, then it's not going to work out well for him. And so, you know, Ryan Hall just, came back and posted on Instagram or yeah, it was Instagram, you know, after the fact that you know, this long post of disrespect and all this stuff. And then, you know, the worst part of it is, is he took the post down after he got lambasted in the comment comments by everyone. And so, you know, I was like, it's, it's just a bad look whenever something like that happens. Yeah. You know? So then Gordon Ryan just assaulted him. So he never beat anybody worth anything kind of thing. Gotcha. So, yeah. Big back and forth. Has Gordon Ryan ever lost? Yeah, he lost uh, to only once at Black Belt. And he lost twice. The same guy. Uh-uh. No, he lost He lost to Felipe Pena when he was Purple Belt. Oh. Yeah, and then lost to him. His one loss at Black Belt is from Felipe Pena. So the same guy's beat him twice. Correct. Purple and at Black. Correct. And, and Felipe Pena has been training for 20 some years and at the time that gordon ryan first faced him he'd been training two and a half years he made purple belt two and a half years yeah holy shit and um and then he was a brand new black belt which was at four years he got his black belt in like four years is that faster than uh bj pin is that faster than no bj pin got his black belt in three years that's insanity to me yeah and well bj so bj pin for his black and you know, talk about a, a stamp because people are like black belt in three years. Well, yeah, okay. So BJ Penn went out and won the world championship. 
I'm in his not first year. It. I'm just, I no, just, no, I know, I know, the but speed is that's insane. What's, yeah. Well, and also, I mean, you know, BJ Penn, he moved to Brazil and was basically training 12 hours a day in jujitsu. Wow. You know, I mean, that was his life is, you know, he's a fighter and, and he was lucky enough to be able to do that. And I would, I would contend that if anybody put in as much work, I'm sure that's 10 years worth of training. Yeah, if you're yeah, doing sure. that, you know what I mean? Like, like, and uh, you know, so, and then let's see the, the other ones are, um, who was it? Kit Dale was like three and a half years. Um, black, black belt, black belt. Yeah, um, but nobody else beat Gordon Ryan, right? Nobody else. Just those two, that guy. No, him. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, that was uh, at black belt. That's his only defeat. So is he a Donaher black belt or Gordon Ryan? Yeah, yeah. So he just followed him from so black belt to he, black or what? Well, so he's is it Donaher or Henza? So it well, it's both, right? And it's actually three because he's also Tom, he started with Tom DeBlas from his okay. white and blue, and Tom was like, "You gotta, you gotta start doing this." So and Gary Tonin. So Gary Tonin was a Tom DeBlas black belt. And um, Gordon Ryan was training with Gary Tonin. So he he says, I'm a black belt under Gary Tonin, Tom DeBlas, and John Danner. So, and then obviously under Henzo. That's crazy. So that's pretty good lineage. Year. That's, I mean, I'm six years into, and I'm purple belt halfway. I can't imagine three years ago. Three years ago, I was a... A terrible blue belt. Now I'm terrible purple belt. It just doesn't make sense. <laughs> yeah, and, but but you know it it is true. I mean, it's you know it's time on the mat, right? And these yeah. guys. No, I get it. These guys were literally training twelve hours a day. I mean, you know, young young people doing this. I mean, that that time on the mat's there. It's you know, I'm sure, I'm sure that purple belt that he got, you know, in in two years or whatever, that he'd spent as much or more time on the mat as we did to get to purple belt. You and know, some I mean? of it's God given talent too. Like if I went out and practiced golf as much as Tiger Woods, I'm, I'm probably not winning the masters at 45, but mm-hmm. some of it is, is time on the mat. Some of it's just an affinity to, to be able to do it, I guess. Mm-hmm. I'm sure there, I mean, yeah, I'm sure there's that. I mean, he's, he's, he's six, three, 235 pounds and, you know, fairly flexible. He's, he, he complains about his flexibility, but I don't see it whenever he's doing jujitsu. But, um, but yeah. Oh, other thing on the competition scene: Andrew Wiltsy's coming back soon, so he's back from his back injury. So oh, I didn't know he had a back injury. You didn't know that? Yeah, he's been he's been out of the comp- competitive scene now for like three or four months, uh, but he's he's coming back soon. Good. Are y'all competing again soon? No. No. You done competing? No. You just don't want to do it anytime soon? Probably not this year. How about you, Joe? I don't know. I don't know. Maybe. Maybe at the end of the year. You know, I like to compete at every belt level, I think. And it's probably, it'll probably be time the end of the year to compete again. I don't know what that looks like, but, you know, I'm I'm going to, I'm going to, I'm going to try to get down to like 200 pounds. I'm about 220 right now. So I'm going to try to get down to around 200 pounds and see, see if I can do that. We'll see. What's the lowest, what's the lowest you've been? Whenever, whenever I, whenever I did, um, 
I was going to get down to 200 pounds whenever I started everything, you know, whenever I started jujitsu and everything. And then I got down to like 207 and I felt like shit and I was getting sick all the time. Like I, and I just like it, I felt bad, you know, but then I thought, well, you know, I've been here for a while now. I can, I can probably, yeah, you know, it probably probably normalize it a little bit. So who knows? I mean, I don't, I don't know if I'll be able to or not, but, but I'm, I'm, I'm going to give it a shot to do it. Yeah. You know, because Roland did it. You know, he was like two twenty five, and he he got down to like one ninety five for that competition. Yeah. I was like, yeah, I'll try it. He got to one ninety five. Yeah, God, he just always looked big. Yeah, no, he. Yeah, I mean, he was he was skinny there for a little while. Yeah, I think whenever I do it again, I'm gonna try to do a bunch of competitions, and I don't really just want to do like one. So, are you gonna beef up the two hundred pounds of all muscle? <laughs> Probably, yeah. <laughs> That way. Get on those Mexican supplements, yeah, yeah, yeah. boy. Yeah. <laughs> tired of being uh, tired of being on the small side, so I'm gonna try to get you know jacked and try to see if that helps. <laughs> That's great. Yeah. Um, well, Phil. Well, Mark. First off, thanks for thanks for coming in. We've been no, badgering you for a while. Dream. I, I'm a huge. All I listen to is podcast now, so it's interesting to see it on this side. And I listen to you guys, so this was. I'm a bit awestruck. Good, awesome, man. And before you go, favorite training partner. That was a big deal. Oh, big God. deal because Phil, you already said it. All right, he doesn't have to say well, it again. No, 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 because you left him off your list completely when you named all your favorite training. You did, partners. Oh, wow. and I, I'll yeah. be, I'll be honest, I've not wow. heard my name listed ever on this wow. podcast until today. There you go. Well, I'm an asshole, Phil. Yeah, I guess. <laughs> uh, I like training with everybody. I was um, kidding. I was kidding. Yeah, every every single person is my favorite training partner. <laughs> That's too PC. Um, <laughs> and Phil, tell the audience how they can support us if they choose to do so. Share the podcast. That's it. We've got like NFTs. If you NFTs, stay tuned for an NFT line. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> NFT. It will um, give you free access to all the uh, podcast episodes That's with the right. purchase of yeah. that. It's going to be a half of Ethereum. That's <laughs> what we're going to do. And we're going to sell three thousand of them. It's a discount. <laughs> So that we can buy Gordon Ryan's NFTs. <laughs> and if you're out there not doing anything to make yourself better, get out there and do it. Phil and I choose jiu-jitsu and so does Mark. We hope you do too. I'm about to feed them to the sharks right now. Get them hyped right now. Yeah. You know the ground is up. Yeah. Everybody that trains, you know the game. Yeah. So let's get it. Uh, Slap it up, bump it, and roll. Hey. Yeah, that's the way that it goes. Right. Ain't no better way to better yourself in this game. You're feeling the growth. That's, that's time on the mat. We put in the work. Believe it ain't easy, I know. You know. But we train for the love of the game, the love of the art. Now slap it up, bump it, let's roll. Let's roll. Let's roll.